1: Download the
0: Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. What a pack of week this was, man. This was a wild, wild week with fights getting made, with news going down. Not only that, I mean, we had uh, we had Greg Hardy's debut and, and Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. That's going to be a thing uh, when, when Greg Hardy comes back to the UFC or whenever he starts making his thing um, you know the cameras are going to follow but his win over Austin Lane it was sensational look it's a sensational knockout it looks like whatever they're doing at American Top Team for him is working strongly uh, and he looked tremendous Dana White I mean he was he was giddy he was giddy over Greg Hardy's knockout over Austin Lane knocked him out twice it was crazy um it's going to be interesting to see what the fallout from that is I, look Leroy and I talked about this earlier this week on our, uh, we just don't know what you do if you're the UFC because Greg Hardy, who has a very checkered past and is going to probably be, if Greg Hardy becomes a star, he's going to be the biggest villain in UFC history, most likely. Um, but, you know, you're talking about a guy who not only got not only got punished for what he did from, the, from his league, but the league let him back in. I mean, the reason he's out of the out of the NFL after that was because he was, uh, you know, being all crazy and you know got into some drugs and alcohol stuff, and that's why he finds himself where he is now. Not necessarily because of of uh, the domestic violence past. So, you know, I can understand all the stigmas that come with it. You have mixed martial arts that's had a a bad stigma with domestic violence in the past too. But I I just don't know if the if the UFC is looking around, they're like, well, the NFL was allowed to bring him back, and that's about as pristine. Uh, a brand in sports as there is i mean the nfl has head injuries um cover-ups cheating and still draws monster ratings every single sunday from america knowing that people are clacking into each other breaking physical bodies on on their fields every single weekend and they're still drawing monster numbers it seems to us that yeah we're gonna try and and Take one bad dude and see if people are going to be into watching him. And so that'll be an interesting thing to see. I know it definitely got me to watch. Um, and he looked good. He looked good. in look, Admittedly, against the guy in Austin Lane, who actually knew from the Jaguars, <laughs> I was like, I don't remember Austin Lane. That was the year where they drafted all these dudes from the small school, but I digress. And uh, they went in, and it was a burner. They were like, somebody's going down. We're, somebody's impressing Dana White here. And that's what went down. So we'll be following that story for sure, um, especially since uh, Greg trains down here. Also this week, though, we had two fights that one seems like it's 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 done. The other is done. But one seemed like it wasn't going to get done. First, we have Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. This finally seems like it's on the right track to getting done. It was verbally agreed upon. They, uh, they came to—Deontay came to terms. He's supposed to get a contract this weekend. And I'm sure we're going to get an announcement— And the first fight's going to be in the U.K. Rematch clause brings it on over here. So, all that drama, the 50 million, and Anthony Joshua won in the fight in the U.K., not in the U.S. Those hurdles are all done. Look, honestly, I got to give most of the props to Deontay Wilder for making this happen. This guy wants this fight very, very, very badly. And I don't even think it's—obviously, he wants the riches and he wants to be recognized. He's never going to be, I think, the star that Anthony is— in England right now they just have a thirst for boxing that we don't have right over here and with and they have a support for their guys that we don't have over here but Deontay knew the importance of making this fight happen you know you know Deontay I think was able to eradicate a lot of the 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 haters after the the Luis Ortiz performance because one he fought Luis Ortiz after Luis Ortiz popped on a drug test and I know it came back as as a um, what's it called? Came back as like a medication, whatnot. But very easily could have been like, oh, look, the the uh, the Cuban is juiced. The the Cuban who we don't know how old he is is juiced to the gills. Surprising, I'm not going to fight that guy. He came back and fought him right away. Fought a dangerous fight. Fought a fight where he was probably losing on the scorecards. Came back, knocked him out, and that is what's going to make him dangerous against Anthony Joshua. Look, Anthony Joshua is definitely a more pristine boxer, and. I don't mean to make this comparison because they're both in the same place. But Anthony has really been embracing his Lennox Lewis, the side of that career, because he came into this thing and, and, and rose to superstardom in one of the greatest heavyweight fights you'll see. And that was a barn burner where he's fighting Vladimir Klitschko. Looks like he has him done. Everybody knows the story. Gassed himself out. Klitschko comes back, puts Anthony off the canvas. He gets back, puts and and he ends up finishing Klitschko. He came he rose to start him in one of the most thrilling fights. His last couple of fights have not been thrilling. Carlos Takam, where he fought with a broken nose and fought a late replacement, not that thrilling and didn't really go for broke there. And honestly, that fight really shouldn't have been stopped. And this last fight against Joe Parker, not that great. Beat Joe Parker, but not that great a fight. So E Not that thrilling a fight. Um but for me, Deontay Wilder, he's thrilling every time he goes in there because He's not the most fundamentally sound guy in the world, but he really doesn't have to be. It doesn't really matter because he has, and I will steal this from Shannon Briggs, he has hit you with your clothes on and leave you butt naked kind of power. That's, that's the kind of power we're talking about with Deontay Wilder. It is leaving you nude in the streets after you are, you are suited and booted. He hits you one time, boom, you are undressed like a Looney Tune. That's that's what that's what he possesses. He can crack, man. And so because of that, he's got a shot against Deontay Wilder, a guy we've already seen on the canvas by Vladimir Klitschko, who was never known as the biggest puncher in the world. So I think Anthony's vulnerable in this fight, and that's what makes it so thrilling. Is Anthony's seemingly sound shell that he goes in there with, is that going to be what dictates it? They're both about the same size. Um, we saw that is very vulnerable to... Being hit by a good boxer like last time against Luis Ortiz, but in the end he just needs he really he just needs one and he really just needs like half one. So it's uh, it's very exciting. I can't wait for this heavyweight fight to happen and for us to get to watch it here. I wonder what they're going to do time Like are they going to cater to the American? They're probably going to cater. It's like so. Are we going to get that fight for free? That'd be pretty sweet if we do. If we don't have to pay for that one. Uh, the other fight that came to fruition this week was the Canelo Alvarez Gennady Golovkin fight. And there was a lot of peacocking between these two camps. You know, Gennady was pissed because of the positive test from Canelo Alvarez. Rightfully so, in my opinion. And wanted a little bit more loving on the money side for it. Seemingly, they were at this breaking point of 50-50. Gennady really wanted to go 50-50 on it. And Oscar was firm that he wasn't going to go. They'd start taking offers with Billy Joe Saunders or Daniel Jacobs or one of the Charlos. And they ultimately... We're able to come to an agreement. I think the ending needed was like 52, 40 It was like fifty-two forty-seven or something like that. Or maybe I have that reversed. Maybe it was like forty-three fifty-seven. Something to that regard. I think that was the number it ended up being. So they come to a, a, an agreement. <laughs> the stupidest thing was out of this. Oscar De La Hoya sent in the middle of the week this deadline, and he's like counting. He's like actually counting on social media. It's like, oh, okay. So, like, if you really couldn't find Gennady Golovkin because he's in Kazakhstan or God knows where, you weren't gonna make this happen. Because look, Oscar can talk about Canelo being the ace side. It's true, he is. He's probably the only bona fide pay per view guy left. But, but Canelo's not Floyd. He's not Manny Pacquiao. Let's not get it twisted. He's not that point yet. He still needs a viable dance partner, and that's Gennady. And the other thing that these guys are missing with all the, 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 the chirping that they've had and all the drama that's come with the drug test, they actually have a hook for drama here with this show. You know, the, the first one, I don't think it did quite as well as it could have. I know they put a lot of blame on the fact that they got sandbagged by McGregor Mayweather and that a lot of people spent a hundred bucks on that and they weren't willing to spend the next month on this fight. I don't think that's the case. I think that what this fight lacked was juice. Yes, it was the two best guys in the world. I don't think that necessarily draws anymore to getting a lot of eyeballs. You need a hook. You need some kind of gimmick to get the mainstream. It's unfortunate that it's not just good enough to have the best guys, but you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Like This past week, we had Robert Whitaker, Yael Romero on UFC, two best middleweights in the world, and fight of the year candidate. And It ended up being... These guys have had two great matchups. Doesn't draw. Doesn't draw. Doesn't matter. I think the talent right now in boxing, tremendous, man. Really, really, really great, what we have going on in this sport. Between Terrence Crawford, Vasily Lomachenko, Errol Spence. It's unbelievable what we have in this sport from the welterweights to the heavyweights. I think it's as deep as it's probably been, Christ, in in a long, long time. But fewer box office guaranteed hits than ever and that's because the list right now is one. It's Canelo Alvarez. Will Deontay Walter and Anthony Joshua become that? Maybe. They don't see, but not. they're not confident enough in it to bring it over here and just hope that it's going to draw a million plus. I think it will. I think people will be into watching the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the world, but I don't think the promoters are that gung-ho on guaranteeing it. It's too sketchy. You know, I always go to this, it's funny, it was, a, it was a year to this day, it was a year to this week, excuse me, we were out in Vegas for Sergei Kovalev versus uh, versus Andre Ward, excuse me. Two of the best, suited rivalry, controversial ending, just like this is, two of the best pound for pound on the planet, neither guy quite the star of what Canelo is, but even still, had all the right makings for what should be a great Popular fight. And what happened? Nobody watched it. Nobody bought it. So with this fight, with Canelo versus Triple G, they didn't have anything but the great matchup last time and it being Cinco de Mayo, or it being Mexican Independence weekend. They have that same weekend. It's going to be a year since these guys both fought. Controversial ending. Controversial in between. Controversy is what's going to sell this. Gennady's actually got... A bone to bite on here with going after Canelo Alvarez. He can't just be the great, sweet, Hey, big drama, sure, I love it, buddy. tune me and watch this box. I love it. I'm Gennady laughing. Look at me. I'm hilarious, man. Can't just be that. He's got to go at the jugular with Canelo Alvarez. Call him a fraud. Call him a cheat. Call him a call him a guy who's been gaming the fans the entire time. The, fa- the guy who let down the fans. He's really got to go for the kill here. He does. If he doesn't, it has to be his trainer and his trainers, and they got to go at, at Oscar De La Hoya, and they can't have Canelo hiding behind. I I, I don't speak English. I, I don't know that. They need to They need to embrace the hate. They need to for for the for the commercial success of this fight, and for it to turn into an it to turn into a trilogy for a box. That, that that's what they need to hope for. Because it came off a draw, so If the next fight's good. They could do it a third time, but they need to do it a third time with people really, really giving, getting the impression these guys don't like each other and are fighting for that kind of honor. But, it's good to see that they came to terms on it. When we come back, we're going to keep the boxing going for a couple segments. We have a great guest coming in studio with us. Harold Calderon, King Harold Calderon, he is coming in studio with us. He is a local welterweight, fought on the last Hard Rock card. The Hard Rock's coming back to, or boxing's coming back to the Hard Rock on July 6th. And Harold Calderon, he is the main event. He's taking on J.D. Martinez. You guys get your tickets now. It's available. Harold, the last time he fought, he's undefeated, undefeated welterweight. He had the biggest pop of the night in the building. He had the, the, the most fan, and he fought in the middle of the card. It was so impressive to see. And he's from Miami. He reps Miami. He is, he is a guy who cares about his city and is now getting to fight in his city. He's the kind of story we like here on the show. And I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation with him. King Harold Calderon, he joins us next. All right, welcome on back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Very excited to be joined by our next guest. We are very excited that the Hard Rock's going to be thrown on another card July 6th. And we got the headliner in studio with us. Harold Calderon is joining us in studio. This is big time for you, man. You get into headline, <laughs> Hard Rock, Seminole Hard Rock, new event center, big time. And I'm not surprised that, they, uh, that they're putting you in the main event after the way you were able to pack the building the last time you were in there. So what's this got to mean to you, man? You, you're getting a, to
1: headline a card like this. Yeah, it definitely means a lot to me, um, you know, being a regular feature fighter on the last card and getting my hard work and, you know, what I bring to the table, notice, it feels great, you know, they move me, moving me on up to the to the to to be the main event and it just feels great. Well, it was very noticeable,
0: it was, I remember being there, you know, it was the first time they put boxing on in a while at the Hard Rock after, you know, all the construction that's gone on there and whatnot and it was good to see the, the break kind of end but I see everybody in there with the HC shirts going on. I was like, man, what is, what what is going on here? And I've seen you on social media and whatnot, but it was to see it all come to fruition. There was crazy. And so you come into the building, huge pop for you, biggest pop of the night, in my opinion. And after you, I would say, what are you like midway through the card and you took half the building with you? It was, it was crazy to see. So I guess what, what, what goes into all that, 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 uh, marketing and, and the thought process to get that kind of following behind you, man, because it was so impressive to see for a young guy like
1: yourself. I mean, believe it or not, we don't do too much marketing. That crowd you saw was basically all my friends and, and family that that really? seen seen me get to this point. They followed me like, uh, it's just amazing. Like everybody that was there in that building, I promise you I have like a personal connection with them. Yeah, wow. They know me personally. They seen me struggle from being an amateur boxer to where I'm at right now. And it's just amazing to have them Come out like that.
0: And so when you get the uh, when you get the the call that they want to make you the main guy for this one, were were you taken aback by it? Was it not surprising after what the turnout
1: was for last time? What was your reaction to it? Uh, it's a little bit of both. It was. I did. It did take me back a little bit. And I was like, wow, you know, because it always feels good to be noticing when you see your hard work pay off. So that felt good. But kind of knew like I know I know what I'm destined to be, and I know going to happen and my time is now so everything is just falling into place and that's just part of it
0: taking back to the early times so when when you uh when it was the first time harold calderon realized i'm really good at this i'm good at being a a fighter and when did you want to take that step to to make this something that you make a living with
1: yeah that that's funny uh when i first started boxing i wasn't too good at it really <laughs> yeah i mean i i would fight a lot you know as a kid and all of that but it's not the same training and fighting uh, you know, I got better as time got went on, and uh, I tried. to My worst thing was trying to make weight. Like I didn't. I always tried to get smaller than what I what I could actually get. So I would always lose my fights because I would be too tired or I just didn't feel strong. So once I moved up to to the next weight class, it, I was unstoppable. I went on the streak for like two two years. I was winning everything in Miami and going to uh regional tournaments and just I, I went ham and amateurs.
0: What was it that clicked that you realized that there had to be a switch there? Like, did, was it a suggestion from somebody? Was it like self, self, uh, science on yourself where you're, you're realizing, eh, let's, let's tweak this here. Let's tweak that there. And you just
1: ended up feeling better. Yeah, definitely. And it came with experience. Like, you know, time goes on, you, you realize more about your body and you just pay attention. You take little notes. So, you know, from where I'm at now and where I was before, like, I know my body to like, to the T and I know how to cut weight now. And you know what needs to be done I, before I would only rely on my talent. So then I would gas out. It's fundamentals. You have to start from the bottom and and build yourself up.
0: What, where did the first eye for the sport come? Like, did you did you love it as a kid? Did, was there a family member involved? A friend? Uh, did somebody suggest this is a good way to burn off energy or a great hobby? How did you how did
1: your eye catch the uh, the sweet science? Okay, so basically in high school, um, you know, I used to fight a lot and it was a little troublemaker. Not a troublemaker. I just you know. Got to little scuffles up. This guy, uh, Ty boss, is UFC fighter, and I said, uh, what, "What, what happened,
0: man? Were you looking for trouble, or was it trouble looking like for you?" He says, "Isn't it all the same? Isn't all the same? Nah, if definitely. it's all, if it's all gra- gravitating, it doesn't really matter."
1: That's so true. Yeah, definitely. So it, we found each other. Let's put it like that. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so I did wrestling to burn some energy, and they suggested me to try it, and I loved it. You know, I did it for two years, and then uh, I had a friend that did boxing in high school, and and I met him one time. Uh, I think, I don't remember where we was talking, but he told me boxing and I was like, wow, I, like, I would like to try that. You know, wrestling is about to be done and I want to keep active and do some type of combat sport because I, I like it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he took me to his gym and, you know, I've been here ever since. We're talking to Harold Calderon. You guys can catch him out at you, at the Hard Rock. July
0: seventh, main event in this time, rightfully so. So, give me the outlook of where you see yourself. So, uh, you know, when I when I talk to fighters, I like to know what kind of it's almost like a job interview. Like, what are your short term goals? What are your long term goals? So, if we took out the rest of 2018, where do you want to see yourself by the end of 2018? And then, where do you see yourself maybe 12 months from there? What what is the what is the game plan for you
1: and yeah. in your career? Yeah, definitely. Uh, me and the team are definitely working to uh, get in the top 15 ranking by the end of this year. That's one of our goals, our short-term girl goals, and our long-term goal is to become a world champion. You know, fight for the belt and take it, and just bring boxing back to Miami. That's what we we're trying to do. Me, the heavyweight factory, my manager, all of us, we're putting in all the hard work that needs to be put in, just to bring boxing back to Miami.
0: I'm for that, man. I've been. I, I love the uh, the the campaigns. Anything gets the, the 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 combat sports. Atmosphere up down here. I'm all for and it's good to see a local guy like yourself starting to to burst onto the scene uh, When you when you look I guess at the outlook when you are watching I guess the top guys at welterweight right now You know the guys who are super recognizable that are getting the TV fights you sit back and you say I can take that I see that it seems so far away, but you know talent wise you're very very close
1: Yeah I go through that feeling all the time. Like I, I feel like I deserve and I belong there with those guys, but my opportunity hasn't came yet. So it just keeps me focused and motivated to, to keep doing what I'm doing to get there. Cause we will get there. I
0: think you never know how fast it can come. You know, it, it, sometimes it's, sometimes it only takes a, a, a highlight reel that goes, that goes viral or just a grand performance that catches the right eye of somebody, you know, these things, these things can happen very, very fast you never know when that right, that right set of eyes is going to focus upon you and you can take that next track. So I, I imagine that you're in a point right now where you're seeing the, the, the fruits of your labor starting to progress. It's gotta
1: be feeling like the right things are coming. Yes, sir. It's, it's definitely is like, uh, I, I see it and I, I'm very patient and i just leave everything in God's hands. And I know he's going to lead me the right way. You know, I could have turned pro a long time ago, but something didn't happen. It just didn't work out. And I'm, I'm, happy with the way my career is going right now, you know, because it's just falling into place, like, more smoother than I could have even imagined, you know, and all the hard work is definitely paying off. Like, I've been putting, I, I, there's no shortcuts. I tell everybody, like, there's no shortcuts to this. Like, I've been putting hard work at, since day one, you know. Some guys think they could just come and wake up and be a boxer, you know, or, or know someone that'll put them in, but it's not like that. You, there's no shortcuts in this game. You really have to put in the hard work, and it, it'll pay off. We're talking to Harold Calderon. You guys catch him July 6th. J.D. Martinez,
0: he's taking him on. Get your tickets for him. We're going to get your tickets. What's the best way? Is it like a, it's a thing? Because I know sometimes with fires the ticket sales, like should they go to your social media and yeah, check definitely. you out there?
1: Yeah, definitely. What's, uh, <clears throat> where can they find you? They can find me at, uh, on Instagram, Harold Calderon underscore. On Facebook, they can find me at one Harold Calderon and Twitter, uh, one Harold Calderon, just reach out. You know, I I, I hit back. <laughs> Absolutely, you are very active on social media. You're great with it, man. And we'll actually, we'll,
0: we'll of course, we'll post this so you guys can uh, can watch Harold and, and check him out at the Hard Rock. Because it's uh, it's I'm telling you, the show you put on the last time, I'm sure it's going to be uh, just as dynamic this time around. Um, looking back on your career, was there ever a time where you thought this wasn't going to work out, or did you need a certain kind of motivation, maybe from somewhere unexpected, or that that came out of nowhere? And he thought, well, that's the thing. That's the sign that I need to
1: keep going. My whole career, I've been overlooked. Like, with every time the gym, there's always a guy that's been ahead of me already. And, you know, I just get overlooked. So they're more, fo- more focused on the guy that's there than the guy that could be there eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's been a lot of what I could say, you know, slowed me down sometimes and makes me like, wow, why, why am I getting ignored? But that, I don't let that stop me because I believe in myself and I believe in myself more than anybody ever has or ever will and that's that that motivates me like yeah i don't let because there's a lot of politics to boxing i even learned that in the amateur days you know to quit or turn pro that's why the story i told you earlier Mm -hmm. where i was like i almost turned pro earlier than i should have because it was a it was an amateur fight and i knew i beat this guy but they went ahead and gave it to him and i just made the biggest scene like i i started screaming and just made a big scene and i got suspended as Whoa, an amateur, Really? I was just tired of it because I knew my talents. Where was the screaming going on? So this was like going down in the ring. Yeah, right after the fight. Really? And then they raised the other guy's hand, and I'm I'm stuck there like, what? Really? Wow! And uh, I just went off because I was just tired of it, and then I got suspended, and then me and my coach at the time were talking like, well, you have two choices: you could uh, you know, turn pro, quit, or you could just you know go back and apologize <laughs> and uh, I did the right thing. I apologize because uh. First of all, I don't want them to see, want that to be the last thing they saw of me. Yeah. You know, because I had my emotions. My testosterone was pumping. I was just in my feelings. But uh, I apologized. And then I, you know, my career actually got better because I stayed and I gained so much more experience than amateurs that helped me get ready for the pros. And that's one thing that I, that I'm so happy that I stuck to it and I didn't rush and everything is just coasting and starting to feel like, is is right? I'm right on track. Don't rush. Don't worry. Just leave it in God's hands, and everything's gonna. That does have to be frustrating, though, as a as a, as a fighter. That just, and and we, I'm sure, like
0: every every talk show that we do, and there's a controversial decision. We're just like, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way they do this better. And then you think, he's like, man, boxing is a hundred plus years old, and they've been pretty much doing it the same way. Maybe sh- uh, shave rounds here and there, and you're like, it's these three people, and they got the hands of everything. It's it's got to be. It, it's, it's this feeling of, of helplessness from people who are just watching you, and you're a person in an individual sport who handles everything themselves. It's a very weird dynamic that you have to, that you have to balance. I imagine it's a, very, it's a very hard mental game
1: to deal with. There's so much that goes to boxing outside of training that, you know, I'm glad I have a good team around me, like my manager, Ricardo Wilson, and, you know, just they help me stay. They take all the... Hard work off for me, you know what I mean? My They try to keep me focused in the gym, and I put in all the work. So I, when I go in the ring every time, I'm just confident that I did what I had to do, so I'm going to get the win because nobody's working as hard as me out here. I, I can promise you that. Like, I'd be sore, tired, you know, but it's all worth it at the end of the day. Hell
0: will just stick around here for a second. We're going to take a quick break right here on true When we come back, We'll get into a little bit more of Harold's career. And, uh, Harold, Harold, you're as 305 as it gets, so we will uh, get into a little bit of your love for Miami, your connection to the city, and uh, and some of your, your ties to the South Florida sports teams down here as well. King Harold Calderon, he is fighting July 6th at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel. And Casino. Get your tickets for him. Go follow him at Harold Calderon underscore on Instagram. You guys can get your tickets there. Or go to myhrl.com, Ticketmaster, all those ways to uh, to get yourself to that fight night and uh, and show out for uh, uh, a great local fighter. And we'll be right back with the young welterweight sensation right after this. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you, joined in studio by King Harold Calderon. You guys can watch him at the Seminole Hard Rock Event Center, July 6. Boxing coming back to the Hard Rock. He is going to be fighting J.D. Martinez in the main event, very exciting. And he put on a hell of a show the last time he was at the Hard Rock this past spring, and now he gets a chance to be the showcase for it. We talk about some of the frustrations of boxing. What's the best feeling that you, that you the, the feeling that it's the rush, you I guess, you, 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 you chase? Obviously, you want to chase success, but I'm talking right. about just moments, moments in your career. Like, what is the thing that, that gives you the most joy? Is it the walkout? Is it victory? Is it just seeing something you've worked very hard at and executing it for the first time? What are the
1: uh, what is the thing that brings you the most joy from the sport? Uh, I can say my favorite part is fight night. The whole, the whole night, fight week. Just you know, getting to reflect back and see like, okay, I put in all the work. I'm confident. Let's have fun now. So we're just walking out, seeing my whole crowd there, my friends and my family. Just gives me this energy that's unbelievable. And I just thankful for for having them on my side. And I know that with them. And my hard work ethic, like, there's no way I'm getting stopped. No, <laughs> no time, never. We just work too hard. There's no way.
0: Where's the uh, Where's the King uh, gimmick come from? Where did you Where did you come up from that? That's uh, it's you walk to the walk to the uh to the ring with the crown on. So it's it's, a, it's a very it's always a, it's a timeless, cool gimmick.
1: Uh, everybody everybody loves the King. How did you How did you come up with that? Well, it started off like this. Uh, I didn't have my first professional uh fight in Miami till my twelfth fight. So, you know, back in high school when they had the homecoming game, they so they were crown you homecoming king, homecoming yeah. queen. So we kind of ran with that as a theme, as my homecoming, because it was my first fight in Miami, and it's been long-waited, like 12 fights. I was probably two years in, or, yeah, about two and a half years in as a pro already, and everybody's anxious to see me. So we just tried to do a big, and we went with that, and everybody loved it. So it was like, you the king of Miami. And I, <laughs> I rep my city, and I love my city, like, Everywhere I go, I let everybody know I'm from Miami. I see
0: you, man. You're like on the social media. You love the heat stuff, the dolphin stuff, <laughs> nonstop. You're you're all about like, are you all four teams and hurricanes? Is that where you roll? Like, is
1: what is uh, what is the the loyalties lie in the team sports? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, not gonna lie, uh, all the teams I love, you know, all every sports team. But I have, uh, I'm more loyal. Like, I'm loyal to the players. So like I was kind of mad when D Wade left. I'm not gonna lie. I was too. I followed. I followed him. I went to Chicago to watch him play. I was cool
0: with Chicago. Cleveland broke my heart. Yeah, I was really mad at Cleveland. I was mad at Riley that he ended up going to Chicago. The Cleveland thing, I was just like, come on, man. And he did. It almost looked like D D Wade, just like he was almost like in the Big Three league. Like it was, it was. This doesn't look right. What is this? Number nine? You're not number nine? Yeah, what, what is I that? know.
1: wow. Yeah, that's so true. I just forgot he he did get that number because he uh, who had number three. Isaiah, Isaiah. Thomas, yeah, Isaiah Isaiah had, Thomas three. had it. You should have gave it to Wade. He was there. Of course. You know, he had the three more way earlier than him. And were you, were you even number three? What is this? Isaiah Thomas? I don't know. Either way, but
0: yeah, that one broke my heart, man. But yeah. yeah I, so who's uh who's the favorite athlete? My favorite
1: athlete of all time? All time or or current? How about both? Uh I gotta go with Floyd Mayweather. Really? <laughs> yeah, I look up to him. What is uh? What he, is the thing?
0: Is is it is it his game uh, and style in the ring? Is it what he's been able to turn himself into? Is it all of it? What do you What do you it's a look bit to of, Floyd for? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Like, uh, he left a game plan for everybody. You know, besides all the you know the, the cockiness and the money stuff, he left a game plan of how to be successful in the sport of boxing because uh, boxing is a real tough sport and. I feel like you got to take care of yourself. You got to be able to go home. I got my kids. You yeah. know, I got to get home to every day. And if you let boxing do you, it'll definitely do you. So I, just, I feel like Floyd showed you that you have to do the sport. Don't let the sport do you because once you're done, you're done. Those fans don't care if you're going to – how you're going to pay your bills or – or none of that, you know what i mean? So yeah. you have to kind of take care of yourself. And then the first time you don't look good, they want you to
0: stop like as as if as if they're the ones getting hurt or they're the ones who didn't put in work. It's it's a, it's a tough it's a tough game, man. Like they'll be on they'll be they'll jump on the bandwagon very quick, but
1: they'll they'll get off way faster. Yeah, definitely, man. And it's a one man sport, so it's like everything is on you and they don't see the hours that put in and all the hard work, sacrifice going away, leaving your family and it's it's, it's really tough, so you know, to see Floyd do what he do, you know, he, he he's a defensive fighter. And I feel like I try to be a smart defensive fighter. And I learned a lot of tricks off him watching him mm-hmm. and just, you know, just the signs behind behind it. Like, I believe in that. Boxing is a sweet science. It's not about who could hit the hardest, who has the most uh, testosterone or who's the toughest guy. It's who could outsmart the other guy. I see boxing. Even the business side to it as a game of chess, you have to make the right moves at the right time. And, you know, it's just how I see it. How about but uh favorite local athlete? Was it always D Wade? Yeah. D Wade was the guy? They
0: D. Wade is my number two all time favorite athlete. You got a favorite D. Wade moment? Uh because mine's easy. I was it was two thousand nine. Uh I was covering the game for the station. Uh, double overtime steals from the Bulls. It was it was, it was a regular season game. Shot at half, basically half court heave, buzzer beater. This is my house game.
1: It was the best. Yeah, I love when he does that. Cause when he you know back then he used to be able to control a game and just shut it down. Yeah, like, man. I tell this to people all the time. These young
0: whippersnappers. I tell them I say, you guys you guys all here fawning over Russell Westbrook. This guy was Russell Westbrook before before the, the knee, knee stuff pressure, started yeah. shutting down. Ooh.
1: I still get happy when I see that guy. Like when he has the highlights, like yes. uh, you know, you see when he does some things, and you're like, "Wow, he still could do it." But you know, so you're fighting July 6th, Hard Rock, Event
0: Center, beautiful place to to fight. Now I just I gotta give the the old shout out to the Hard Rock. It's good to see boxing starting to come back. It's cool that you're getting to do this uh, headline in your hometown, a place you care about very very much. What is the the thing as we're getting down here a couple of weeks now from from uh, from fight day? Uh, the best thing that you just want to keep focused on within yourself, as we as we head into this fight with uh, J.D. Martinez.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna do what we always do, and that's put in the hard work and just stay focused and see the bigger picture. You know, yeah, we are focused on this fight, and we're gonna do everything that needs to be done to get over this fight and just continue to move forward and just keep crushing these goals and you know and start title chasing and keep you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man uh there's uh there's there's
0: uh, nothing i'd love to see more than seeing a guy from miami uh burst onto the scene and and a guy who greatly cares about the people down here that he's tied to and and his city and so uh nothing but the nothing but the best team man i hope it all it all comes to fruition and we'll definitely be following your career
1: from uh from here on out on fighters fury thank you i appreciate you guys having having me out here i want to thank uh my manager ricardo wilson uh sponsors uh the nutrition zone I got to thank the Heavyweight Factory, the director at the Heavyweight Factory, Henry Revolta, uh, the promoter Chris Lawrence. see that yeah. giant Russian
0: they got there? I saw that knockout. Did not look Ivan Decheko? Is that his name?
1: Oh yeah. Oh my
0: God! He hit this dude with the right hand. He looked like he got tased. It was a weird delayed reaction. It was
1: crazy. I don't. You you probably were basking in your mm-hmm. win. I think it was after your fight. Yeah, I didn't. I heard about it, but I've seen him fight because we fought on the card in Hialeah like uh, three months before that at the Hialeah Casino and. He did the same thing. He just big belly, big boy. Yeah, Eesh.
0: six nine, I believe. I guess they don't call it the heavyweight factory for nothing. Yeah, that dude is big. Hell, best strong. Of, best of luck. Go to his social media. We'll blast it out here uh, once we uh, once you put the interview out. But um, make sure you guys go get your tickets. Get your tickets through him, and uh, and fill that building, man. Fill that fill that building up. That event center. It's good to have boxing down here and and uh, the city needs to prove that they can support it for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I do this for you guys. I do it for for city man. of Miami, the 305. You, you guys already know. You know what it's all about. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Nah, thank you.
0: Harold hey, Calderon, ladies and gentlemen. July 6th, Hard Rock, Event Center. Go get your tickets now. Pack that place, man. I'm serious about that. I don't want to hear any of this whining that I hear from all the fans. Oh, we don't get enough fights down here. We don't have stuff down here. This is for you. This is all set up for you, so get on out there. Hard Rock's a beautiful place to go watch fights. And, uh, and Harold's going to put on a hell of a show for you. Um, the, the, that's the thing, you know, Harold's is a, is a showman in himself. He's, he's got the, he's got like, I, I know he's humble about it, but, uh, the hustle that he has to, to put himself out there like that, to get people excited to watch him fighting, whether it's, uh, his, his friends, his family, his community. Um, it's very, very impressive and is, uh, is carrying himself well. And it's good to see, uh, a young man like that who's starting to hit that, that prime window of his career and, uh, and knows, uh, has his eye on the prize of the big things ahead of him, so you guys should definitely check that out. Hard Rock, it's uh, it's going down July six. Before we get out of here, guys. So speaking of uh, packing the plates, so this really stunned me, and I was uh, I really I guess I shouldn't be that stunned because it's not like there were monster stars in it. But so there was this report by the L.A. Times that came out this week. Lance Pugmire, Pugmire, Pugmire. He does a good job. It's Lance Pug something on Twitter. He does a good job covering uh, boxing and mixed martial arts. So I, I recommend following him. And he had a he had a number, a reported number for the pay-per-view buys at UFC 225 that it was under 150,000 buys. And I was floored by that, man. I was I was like, wow, it really did that poorly, huh? And to keep in mind, you know, that used to be for the UFC, I would say, the bottom rung between its hardcore fans and just probably bars that have UFC television deals. Yeah, always getting at least a hundred a hundred. And now we're coming off back-to-back cards where you know, Amanda Nunes, very good Brazilian card that they had reportedly did almost 85,000 buys. That was the lowest in a decade. This one does 150, maybe less pay-per-view buys. And I'm, I'm just a little, uh, it, it's a little stunning to see just the base number of fights that the UFC is dealing with right now. And that's why I was a little shocked with the new TV deal that came out with ESPN, that the UFC was still planning on doing 12 cards on pay-per-view a year. And I know they did an outstanding. I think Dana said that uh, they did a, a record event number for non-basketball at the United Center. So locally it clearly sold and maybe that had something to do with having CM Punk on the card although they just had a monster card standing on its own but ultimately you have ultimately a place like Chicago you're probably going to sell it's a great sports town you're ultimately going to sell a UFC card probably pretty well even without him and I think what it does show with this buy rate is that the, the CM Punk thing was a complete flop let's put uh let's put aside that he was terrible in both both performances, but the whole thing was amiss from the time c m Punk took so long to do his first fight when they first did it c m Punk was the hottest thing in professional wrestling. he was just coming off his monster year twenty fourteen at a rocket to his back was one of the major major stars of the w w e and he was kind of the hardcore fan, the underground fans guy. And to see him get to that top level was a big deal. And because it took so long, the thunder kind of rolled off of that one. But that pay-per-view buy that he first did, I believe he was on a a card that did 400,000 buys. And there were even some common factors with this card. You had Alistair Overeem on that card. He wasn't on the pay-per-view for this card, but he did. He was the feature uh, prelim lead in. Um, And so, you just look at that, and you saw, well, it was so poor the first time that people really didn't have a desire to see him do it again. That was one miss. And the other thing is, we just got too far away from his wrestling career. And the other thing is, with Brock Lesnar, you know, when that all happened, you, you kind of embraced having the WWE fans. The one thing with CM Punk that I think was a miss here is, I think his, his hardcore fans were pissed at him. I think they were tired of hearing his attitude towards the business, the whining, the uh, the bitterness, the almost shunning what he used to do, almost dumbing it down. And, you know, you got to remember, those are the fans that really made you who you were. I mean, obviously, he worked hard, and he, des- and he, and he deserves having that many people care about him and, and obviously having a gimmick to, to hook them. But ultimately, they're the people who are paying to see you. And that was shunned. So... You have an entire mixed martial arts fan base that was annoyed at him and and didn't want him there to begin with, knew he was terrible. You have a professional wrestling fan base that is very far removed from him. We even saw with George St. Pierre. You know, George St. Pierre's last fight with Michael Bisping, that time away is a killer. You need to stay relevant. You need to stay in the headlines. That's why Floyd is always doing it, teasing presidential fights, so people continue to care about him. And it was just too long. There, There are a couple things that... Just didn't match up well. One, first matchup was a, was a disaster. They put him in with somebody who was way, way better than him. And he just never picked it up. He was too old for it. Uh, didn't really have the physical assets to get good at it. And a lot of injuries that popped up. And it just took took too long to even get to the first fight. Now that you got to the second fight after taking an ass-kicking in the first bout, it's no wonder why it didn't do well. So, it's a shame that they had to resort to having him because that's all he was really there for was to get embarrassed but hopefully to get embarrassed in front of a lot of people and he wasn't and I imagine they paid him a boatload of money and there is I would say mostly most any champion on the roster could probably draw that at least um if not that in the ballpark of that so, look, look, I don't even know if it if you can credit CM Punk and say, "Well, if CM Punk wasn't there, would they have done 224 numbers like 85,000?" Gosh, I hope not. I mean, man, I thought it was a really fun card, a stacked card. And and I thought we got a lot of great performances. And it was a it was it's kind of a bummer to see all these great fighters. I think we're we're in a crop right now where the talent is so damn good. Uh, there's not that superstar X-factor and there, there's no Really, Connor's the only guy who's a bonafide star right now. I think if, I think if we really are to look, you know, we talked about this earlier in the show. There's really one bonafide pay-per-view star in boxing right now, and that's Canelo Alvarez. And and, and UFC right now, there's really one. It's Connor. There's there's nobody else right now. I think the UFC could turn to and even think they're going to get four hundred thousand buys. I don't think so. I mean, we have this card coming up in July. And I was like, man, Stipe versus DC, that's going to be a monster fight cut. Man, I mean, you got to have the expectations that this is probably going to do, th- you'd be thrilled if it did 300,000. After seeing that, did hundred fifty reportedly? It was, uh, it was a bummer. It was a bummer to read that. So, we'll talk more the same time, same place next week. Fighters Fury, thanks again to Harold Calderon for stopping in. Uh, go watch him fight July 6th at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. We'll be in the building for that one for sure. Uh, have a great Western Sunday, everybody.